Christmas traditions can be a lot of fun and make the season memorable for us and our families and our friends. But we can also get caught up in the busyness and stressors that invade this time of year. So today I'm going to share a couple of traditions with you that the Sneeds love and also some hope and practical strategies for finding balance among the surprises and the stressors of Christmas. Listen in. You're listening to episode 22 of the Unperfect Podcast. I'm your host, Shelly Sneed, here to help you see glimpses of God's glory among the imperfections of our lives. If you're feeling somewhat unperfect today, congratulations. You're officially human. Hope and probably a little bit of humor are coming up. My husband and I have this tradition every year of taking the day off on my birthday and doing all our Christmas shopping in one freaking fun-filled day. We typically begin this day without even a detailed plan. We just hope that we'll end up in all the right stores to find the perfect gifts for all of our people. But here's the rub with this tradition. My birthday falls only nine days before Christmas, y'all. This means we place all our bets on finding every gift needed for four kids, grandparents, extended family, and each other in a single day, just over a week before Christmas. So clearly we love a good challenge. Call us crazy, because we are, but somehow we find fun and wonder as we dance between the tension of stress and surprise. And we've got another Christmas tradition that has those same elements in it, that tension of stress and surprise. So when our kids were young, we wrapped each Christmas present right after buying it, and we'd put a tag on it with the kid's name and place it under the tree. But as they grew older, that element of surprise kind of disappeared because they learned to inspect, also known as shaking, the presents. The most obvious ones being Legos and articles of clothing. They could shake the box touch it, feel it, and name it right there. So although we once totally and masterfully tricked one of our kids, oh gosh, I got to tell you about this, y'all. This kid will remain nameless because this is slightly embarrassing, but he, and that narrows it down to three-fourths of my kids, he was a kid that had more earwax than just about any human I've ever encountered on planet Earth. So we found this box, and no lie, y'all looked it up yesterday. It is still available on Amazon for $8.99. So you're welcome if you need this for anyone in your family. I just looked it up. Anyway, it was an earwax candle kit prank gift box. So the box looked like a real earwax candle making kit. It was so professionally done. There are photos on the outside of people having their earwax extracted and poured into candle molds. Anyway, now that you're all grossed out, we wrapped the jeans that he actually wanted inside this box and we watched him for a solid five minutes try to avoid throwing up as he opened this gift before we told him it was just a box and to look inside. That was a proud parenting moment and one of the reasons I don't exactly recommend you follow me for parenting tips. But anyway, at some point, we started using a different wrapping paper for each kid. So this is the tradition that I was getting to. And we don't tell them which pattern is theirs, so they don't know which gifts under the tree are theirs. And then on the morning of Christmas, when we'd finally reveal who, like, who had the Charlie Brown Christmas wrapping paper and who had the Black Panther Christmas wrapping paper, et cetera, then they could, you know, dish out their gifts and then start filling them, shaking them, whatever. So while the candle gift box was a bit stressful, the complete surprise of not knowing which gifts 
are theirs is priceless and so much fun for us. But anyway, as I think about that balance of the stresses and the surprises that happen all throughout this season, it really reminds me that my walk with Jesus often involves this similar dance, the stress of not knowing how God is going to meet each need, mingled with complete faith that he's going to do it, and a surprise of how he chooses to act on my behalf and for his glory. And I imagine no one knew this dance better than Mary just balancing the wonder of her call to carry the baby who would heal the brokenness of sin once and for all with that pain of seeing him killed by the very people he came to save. And I believe this tension we experience here on earth between faith and affliction is what the Apostle John describes as the now of who we already are in Christ and the not yet of what life will be at his return in a new heaven and earth devoid of suffering and stress and sacrifice. So in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, we get this assurance that as believers in Christ, we possess everything we need to live a godly life, which is sometimes a truth that's very hard for me to believe, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, how sometimes it's hard to believe that what I have at this moment is indeed what I need. But if we go back to Peter's first book in chapter one, we're reminded that for a little while we may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. And that's some stressful tension right there. I have everything I need, but it's still not going to be easy. And here's what that entire passage says in first Peter chapter one through verse nine. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice Though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. They've come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you haven't seen him, you love him. And even though you don't see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So what are some things we can do to balance the tension of the stress and the surprise of this very season that we find ourselves in, but also in life? I think one thing that we've got to remember is that less is more. The less we fill our calendars, our schedules, our minds, our shopping carts, the more peace, clarity, and purposeful relationships we're going to experience. And I'll never forget this. Uh, When my husband worked at the very famous barbecue place in Opelika, Alabama, Chuck's Barbecue, he learned that while the owner had been asked over and over to make Chuck's Barbecue a franchise, he said he wasn't going to do it because everything you own owns a piece of you. And that's just always stuck with me. Even as I'm buying little things for my house or if I'm shopping for Christmas, everything I own owns a piece of me. So less is more. Whether it's stuff or whether it's schedules, less is more. Another thing that we can do to balance the tension 
of the stress and the surprise of this season is extremely simple, and that is get enough rest. I don't want to stay up half the night putting finishing touches on my idea of hospitality, only not to have the emotional energy the next day to actually feel and be hospitable. So I want rest for my body. I also want emotional rest, time to slow down, enjoy the fire in the fireplace, and the kids who are home, or the dog who doesn't realize it's way too cold to be playing fetch outside in the backyard. There's also spiritual rest by being more attuned to the fact that this current earthly advent sets the stage for the advent to come we just read about, the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. I don't know about you, but I'm ready. I'm ready for my faith to be sight and my trials to turn into glory. And I want some time for my spirit to rest in that, to rest in God's truth. And lastly, tagging on to that last one, put some practices in place so that you don't miss Jesus. It was the religious elite that missed him before, this first time that he came. So I know unperfect little me is completely able to go through a whole Christmas season and even parts of life missing the Messiah. I'm not sure I'll ever understand all the reasons that they missed him when he came back then, but based on the actions of the religious leaders during Jesus' earthly life, it appears they were certain of what wrapping would cover their Redeemer. And swaddling clothes in a manger didn't fit their expectations. They were looking for a triumphant ruler, not a gentle baby. So I don't want to be so consumed with how I think God should act and show up that I miss it when he does. Because he may not come in a cloud of victory, vanquishing all my anxieties, bringing every prodigal back to my doorstep, or making all the broken things in my life whole. But however he chooses to show up in my life with his glory, his peace, his purpose, his joy, I want to be looking so intently at him and for him that I don't miss the Messiah in my meager, mundane, minute-by-faith-filled minute moments. So I just want to remind you this season, as you dance between the stress and surprise of Christmas, your relationships, activities, traditions, to remember that that baby in the manger who seems almost helpless by allowing himself to be fully human is still the king of kings who conquers death and will remove every tear from our eyes. That what we see now is just temporary. That's so hard to grasp. Sometimes we're in the thick of it. But what's unseen is eternal, that we currently only see through a veil the glory that will one day be ours to behold face to face, and that we're never meant to feel whole until that moment, y'all, when all else will cease to matter in the wonder and wholeness of His presence. And if you happen to see a crazy couple busting through Target and 80 other stores this Friday, well... Now you know, we're on a self-imposed, stressful, surprise-filled deadline. Thanks for tuning in to the Unperfect Podcast today. Make sure you stick around for the last 60 seconds of today's episode because I have a little surprise in store for you that I hope you'll find a little bit entertaining. Check out today's show notes for the scriptures mentioned in today's podcast, as well as the link to that earwax candle making kit because I know somebody out there has that weird uncle or crazy cousin that needs a good practical joke for Christmas this year so I'm putting it in the show notes also if you've never been to my website what on 
earth are you waiting for? There's an entire page of freebies, including a new one just in time for the winter blues or just the exasperated mom who needs some ideas for indoor family friendly activities. So I'll put a link in the show notes to the website, which is ShellySneed.com and that's S-N-E-A-D. S-H-E-L-O-Y. I said that backwards, but you get it. And also, there's a link to Embracing Unperfect, a seven-day dive to living fully the life you've been dealt. The holidays will be a great time for some of you to snuggle up with your cup of hot cocoa and read or listen to the seven-minute daily emails that are going to help you overcome the obstacles that keep you from embracing your unperfect life and living it to the full. And lastly, I am taking three weeks off of the podcast so I can take my own advice that I just gave you in this episode to do less, to rest more, and to be intentional about seeking the Messiah for the rest of this month. So tune back in on January the 9th. I've got some interesting topics and wonderful guests lined up for season two of the Unperfect Podcast. I pray you have a peace-filled holiday season and make much of Jesus. See you in 2024. Merry Christmas! Enjoy these unperfect outtakes as our gift to you. I hope you've gained some insights into diagnosing your own busyness causes and strategies for prior to that. Either oh, that didn't work. Big deals. That was not what I meant to say. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. Um, I'm going to text my son and make sure he's not using up all my internet. Okay. (laughs) He needed to show all he could. I'm just going to read it, this whole paragraph. So while God was working out fulfillment of the promise of the... Can you, are you edit, can you edit this out? Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So my husband's Meemaw, who we all loved and adored, she claimed some... So I once wrote a blog post. So I once wrote a blog post. Good grief, I can't say that word. A blog post. Ignoring the whispers of the comparisons around us. Tuning. Today we're continuing our two-part series on... Today we're continuing our two-part series on reframing rejection, where my guest is doling out some much-needed wisdom and effective strategies for... Sometimes face or dish out to others. For navigating the rejection we sometimes face or dish out to others. As believers, I'm starting over.